Thursday bitches I'm Purnima and this week's reflections are rather highbrow as we put on our monocles and turn the lens on culture we're not just commentating yes that's a word but we're commentating on how we commentate <laughs> confused yeah me too uh, no but seriously we are really interested in how people consume and critique culture and i'm wondering can a woody allen stan really review bombay begums can you be a vegan and still love salman khan <laughs> and what would happen if women like us looked at a film that became a classic because it was a boys coming of age tale like would the world spontaneously combust <laughs> well sometimes the world has to be cajoled and coerced into combustion if it won't do it spontaneously damn it my name is junisia and i'll do that if you like <laughs> but jokes 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 not going to set fire to anything we are peaceable angry feminists looking to build bridges rather than burn them oh. this is the first of a two part series on culture we zeroed in on a film we and a lot of men and women really love and we asked its director a few leading questions and he didn't disappoint But fair warning kids the sound in places is really patchy so please bear with us aka me I did what I could but you might have to turn up the volume in bits but it's worth it we promise Culture is one way we process and decode the world and then culture becomes playback as well but when we zoom into culture it should ideally give us a context into the person the people and the world where it was born authentic pieces of culture endure they find a way to simultaneously archive a moment in time but they also stay relevant through different ages so today we are zeroing in on uran which came out in 2010 so it's been more than 10 years now and it's often been termed as a coming of age film but of course it stands out some might say it stands out all alone for its intuitive portrayal of indian men and masculinity yeah and we're both big fans of the film what it says overtly and what it says more subtly and so we reached out to writer and director vikramaditya motwani now full disclosure i've interviewed him a couple of times and he's on my list of folk who are super articulate they, you know they take your questions very seriously and i suspect that he thinks deep thoughts <laughs> so he's here today on the thursday which is podcast and yes don't worry we are as surprised as you are But Udan's lens on masculinity in the Indian context is really very intuitive. It's quite rare, and we're so glad he's agreed to come on our very foul-mouthed feminist podcast and answer some of our questions. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm very excited to be a part of this. <laughs> so, what stood out for a lot of us who watched the film, at least definitely for me, was you know very unique characters and how they are not force-fitted into any box. So, there's the aggressive and problematic character. of the father played by ronit roy who is neither hugely sympathetic as in he doesn't have some you know tragic story and that's his explanation only and nor is he someone who's a one note villain in my opinion then you have the really like sweet uh, caring uncle whom i personally had so much hope from throughout the film but in <laughs> the end i felt like he was quite useless in providing support or escape to rohan who's the young protagonist and uh, the film is also lovely because it shows how teenage boys can be nurturing you know even the internal resistance and irritation with having to be nurturing is so beautifully shown then there's such a lovely portrayal of brotherhoods and not bro clubs so not bro dude clubs but brotherhoods and every man that i know who saw uran 
holds it very very close to their heart it's a very personal film for a lot of guys i know and every woman i know who saw it including myself was very grateful and mildly shocked that it was ever made so thank you for joining us and my first question would be what inspired this story <laughs> Ah, okay, that's a really deep question. So when I was, you know, this is the time, and it's not that times have changed very much, but this was a time uh, where if you wanted to make a movie, you had to do it in the box, right? So you had to be in the Bollywood box. You had to make the film for, you know, everybody. You had to make it for rich and poor and old and young and have yeah. the songs and stuff. And I think there was a group of us who were at that time sort of, you know, more inspired by what was happening through the 90s cinema in the West, you know, through what uh, David Fincher was doing or Tarantino was doing or what Danny Boyle was doing. Um, Nolan and you know all these authors of today who were going you know coming in and DVD culture certainly made us watch all these films and we were like oh my god this is just amazing and we want to do something like that over here so i think there's a very conscious decision to say okay i don't want to do something which is which is bollywood and then it's, it's a bunch of inspirations actually it was it was you know like i listened to a lot of springsteen specifically you know born to run and darkness on the edge of town have been like you know my favorite albums growing up and a lot of that talks about a a factory town and b running away and so i kind of yeah. okay, running away from a factory town sort of makes it so there's that there's a lot of music there's a lot of books of course then there's also being able to watch and you know be inspired by the 400 blows and be inspired by Ken Loach's Sweet 16 or Kes or a lot of these movies where just as uh, something about the coming of age genre for me which i just you know has, has i have massive affinity towards that which i discovered you know at that time while i was reading books and while i was watching these movies saying okay you know we need to i need to at least make a coming of age film so and so then the, the film is sort of like the beginning portion is actually my father's story like that's exactly what happened to him in boarding school oh. and then yeah he had a fairly tough relationship with his father you know so at some level and i never met my grandfather he passed away before i was born so, but i always imagined that this is what their relationship would be like like my father actually got thrown out of boarding school he was in mayo college and same thing four friends went out and they were caught by a teacher they ran back one of them broke his leg therefore they were late and therefore they got sent home so he tells me that his father was really really mad and he had to call his father sir so a lot of that's come from my dad's story and then the other part of it the younger the younger step brother part of it was, was was a little bit of you know from my parents got divorced my father got married a second time they never had a child but there's all that speculation of what if they would have had a child how would that relationship be so i think some of that you know the, the potential emotion of what would have happened in my life came from there so it's a real it's a it's a melting pot of many 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 sort of like different things that have come into that film we don't know i didn't know that this was inspired by your bits of from your dad's life and your personal life but you get that sense of autobiographical uh, truth when you're watching it because it feels very very intuitive and very very tender and you know when you're watching it there is a view of the world that's kind of hurting but kind of like kind as well do you still have that view of the world of, of a coming of age story or you know your own story it's been 10 years if you were looking at that story would you still have that view ah uh- as a person yes as a filmmaker maybe no i think what happens as a filmmaker is that in your first film you tend to be very naive and therefore very you know you're trying to do things the absolute right way i think we all become corrupt as far as as, as filmmakers <laughs> not as people <laughs> you know you start to you start to sort of like wonder whether like oh is this is is such a no, i don't know whether if naive is the right word but such a tender view of the world is 10 years later or 15 years later do you still but i'm i'm a total sucker for coming away films like even i don't know if you guys have seen sound of metal yeah um, with rizamad but in a way it's a coming away film 
it's scary also but it's lovely yeah. yeah in the film what struck me was there is for me especially like with the ending there is a heroism uh, displayed in the film which you don't see otherwise you know you don't see especially male stories uh, that are about heroes told in that way and in in many ways for me viewing the film you know there's a depiction of masculinity that is not normally seen it's almost if i may use the word subaltern so did you have that awareness when you were writing and making it was there any kind of political consciousness you know because like i'm asking you this question also because women are very often asked this question about having a, a feminist lens or a feminist uh, political consciousness around stories about women you know so i'm just wondering whether that was somewhere there in the back of your mind that i want to depict masculinity in a particular way no i know it's not it wasn't it, it's not it's not saying i want to depict masculinity it's just about being able to have my observation and again this i think is it comes down from looking at my father from a, from from a kind of lens where you see that he wants to be the person that he was made to be by his you know by his dad um and at some point in time and so what i was trying to do in the, and and my and my dad is i mean he's lovely right and i love him to death and 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 he's someone i could because also he was very young when i was born he's someone i could really sort of like talk to and we while we've had a little bit you know the, the teething problems but there's a communication channel that was open with him which i know that he never had with his father yeah. right mm. so what i was trying to do in the film is being able to say there's a vicious cycle of masculinity that happens and in the film you know ram and ron scalder refer to this on the dining table when they say you know what would our father have done he would yeah. have done this this, yeah. this 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 and that's the vicious that's that vicious cycle that somebody has to break because if it's it's come down to these guys from their father who must have had it from his father must have had it from his yeah. father That's right at some point in time who's breaking that cycle who's breaking that cycle of masculinity and that was the way i i wanted that to come across you know in the film about like somebody's got to not do the same thing as that's been done only because it's tradition and tradition in the worst possible way mm. um, so yeah so that was a conscious decision to do now whether that's in the specific case of this family or generally i actually don't know what, what my intention was then Yeah, but um, it comes across beautifully, and also you know you get that sense of the patriarchy and how it fucks boys. You know, like how it doesn't work for guys to continue the cycle because, like, it's a small thing and an obvious thing. In th- but when you know when he's pressuring his son to be an engineer, and his son says, "I want to be a poet or I want to be a writer," and he says, "Nobody asks you for your opinion." You know, yeah. there in itself is the patriarchy emasculating the next generation and putting them in a position of anger and a position of revenge and. you know it's quite something even the arts versus engineering thing the idea that uh, being a writer is not seen as masculine enough or whatever it's quite a horrible thing so i'm going to ask you like when you were making the film how old were you when i wrote it i was 26 25 26 wow. um when i made it i was 30 because you know because it's a coming of age film and everything sometimes mm. you think that certain people may be young but they have a lot of years of life experience so they seem more mature and they seem to have a deeper world view than other people their contemporaries of the of their age and uh, do you feel that like you grew up early do you feel that some of your own life experiences gave you a kind of insight into what was happening with men that other men of your 
age may not have had uh i did grow up early i'm not sure if i grew up early in, in that kind of insight by dad you know grew up early i think it tends to happen to sort of like kids of divorced parents is that you you do tend to sort of like grow up earlier maybe part of it is because you start to like do stupid stuff earlier as well and then don't make mistakes <laughs> that's that's just me it's like I started smoking before everybody else started drinking before everybody else but also just you know you became more introspective before everybody else because yeah, yeah. There, there is that also yeah because that emotional depth is not something you see in, i'm sorry but you know yeah. it's not something yeah. that it's not the first thing that strikes you when you watch the average hindi film you know you don't expect that from a lot but i i don't i i think I don't know. There's so there's two parts to the answer, right? One is the fact that okay, the average Hindi film is the way it is. It's very the filmmakers are very consciously making the average Hindi film. You know, it's not like they they're all capable of doing much much better than they actually are. But there's a very conscious decision, like in the case of our government, so sort of to keep you, um, to keep people sort of poor and needy. And so so therefore you're doing the same thing in your you know in your movies. You're just keeping your it's it's like you can always raise the bar, but you choose not to raise the bar. Yeah. Um and I think it's just you know with, with, with I I am the no school that believes that look you should be able to make things that yes it's not going to go out there and have people sort of like clap and throw money at your screen but at least it's something sort of like you know think about and you want and you know uh, whatever slightly artistic I don't think that it's a question of me having you know more emotional um uh, thing than yeah. than anybody else So uh, yeah so the thing is like it, it's very I mean I back, uh, today I can maybe look back and analyze but back in the if I have to think of me back then I don't think any of this was in my head when I was you know when I was writing I think it was just about saying okay this is my world view yeah. whether that's whether that's uh, you know something that has more emotional heft than somebody else I'm actually not conscious of that quite honestly but yeah. at least the group that I was in you know had the same world view so let's put you know it's like it's it's that way. maybe it's just it's the sense you keep So there is yeah, there is no maturity to it for sure you know that's evident yeah and i am just like super curious because as you told us you know earlier you did write and make this film in a time period where maybe the culture was not at least in this country in mainstream cinema was not looking in that direction or uh, thinking about telling these kind of stories so i am like really curious to know how did you sell this idea not just sell for funding which is of course important or to get it made but how did you get people to connect with or relate with this idea enough that it should get made i think that was the material that was the script itself that that kind of did it what happened is that when i when i wrote it first and i took it first person i made read it was anurag and anurag finished the script and he looked at me very emotionally said i will produce this film <laughs> and this was when anurag had just made uh, he punch and not release he had not started he had not started shooting for black fridays yet uh, he was in no position to produce anything i know no one was releasing like, films at that time yeah yeah he's like i'll produce this film and i said how are you going to produce this film when you have nothing but you know i met a bunch of producers and and i realized the feedback that people are giving me on the film is saying we love what you've done we just don't think we can make it Um, and i got this a yeah. lot from from producers so while at the same point like, yes it's it's disheartening because hey no one's going to make it but nobody was dismissive of the content i you know a lot of producers had very emotional feelings for the script they like we really love it and this that the other and of course it it's a sparked a discussion yes is the father is he too dark and i remember my earlier draft actually the father's character was even sort of like you know sort of bleaker than this so it did spark a discussion you know like is he is he not you know it's not like oh we're just dismissing a film because we don't think we think it's shit it's like no we think it's great. and we think we really think but we just don't know if we can make it that gives you a lot of hope actually. it's not like people are throwing it back in my face saying you know fuck off but they actually saying that we love it maybe it's not the right time 
So then you just keep sort of working at it. There were a couple of false starts. I had to make it more palatable, like to the market at that time. Honest, I did. People are like, okay, you know, maybe you need a love story in over here. So I mean, there's always been this thing. Okay, who are you going to cast? And I'm like, look, you need to cast. I I would love to go to. I actually wrote it thinking about Ajay Devgan. So I was like, I would love to go to Ajay Devgan. I just don't know if you. And I I know I know I don't know. You know, actually, I don't know why I never went. Oh, you didn't even ask him. I didn't even ask him. And I don't know why. I just think I was a little gun shy at that point. I'm just sort of like, oh, a little whatever, whatever. Uh, oh, oh, I just thought that dude is never going to do it, you know. Um, but maybe I should have. Anyway. <laughs> no, um, but Ronit did a good job, yeah. Especially the running bits. Yeah, it's bad. Run. So, <laughs> yeah, but so, and then they're like, okay, but you know, who are you going to cast as the boy? And I'm like, look, it has to be somebody new. And they're like, what if you cast the face? I'm like, how? Who? Who in that time is you know is is popular as an 18 year old who looks like an 18 year old? You know, you can't cast mm. 25 year old as an 18 year old. So there was always that which which people bought. And then there was like, okay, why don't you put a love story inside? You know, make it a little bit more palatable. And I I genuinely tried that. I tried. I said, hello, let's give Rowan a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. um and i ended up finding that said look and and you can't have a girlfriend in this film because if he's if he's sharing love with the girlfriend you're sort of like dissipating that love that he should be having for the brother at the end of the film if that yeah. makes any sense and yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that so, was out of the window so there's all these i think had a girlfriend he would have uh, parked some of the labor that he has to do onto her like you know she would have been like a good outlet and then he wouldn't have possibly had the journey the kind of journey exactly. that like, yeah. yeah it has to be bottled up right that whole emotion that yeah. comes yeah. out at the end has to be bottled yeah. up your girlfriend's not going to be bottled up it's going to come out some so that was the reason i didn't have a girlfriend so i and i tried i genuinely tried everything i'm like look i i want to make this film and i'll try everything let's just you know sort of go with it so yeah a couple of false starts didn't happen and then uh and then devdi came out anurag said we've got money do you want to do it just like, yes 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 and then yeah. of course went <laughs> into I mean even your choice of casting for Rohan is so interesting because uh, I mean even though he looks like an 18 year old he's a softer looking boy you know yeah. there are many 18 year olds who don't look like that and a lot of 18 year olds I know kind of walk through the world with this like persona of hyper masculinity because they're still figuring themselves out and yeah. Rohan does not have that in the film you know so that was i think that was like a super interesting casting choice as well so i was doing that i think to sort of like explain the point sometimes and i think you know and i have heard this about the film people are like oh it's a bit extreme you know like the father is extreme and the son is also mm-hmm. like a poet and i'm like well that's a conscious decision i could have said okay the guy wants to do he he wants to do something not as okay that's something literally it's like the poet versus the factory man right that's the right. image you're trying to sort of like create now that's that's the extreme but that's also that's what makes it graphic that's what makes it you know right. a fable um right. if i had said that the father is an architect and this kid wants to be you know like a a filmmaker that's not as extreme as it you know as like a poet in the factory guy you know like right. that's really uh, so even rohan's casting uh, um rajat's casting was was mm. quite deliberate it was like you wanted someone who just looks soft you know he looks mm. he looks soft and he looks like he, he looks like a poet he looks tender yeah he looks yeah. like a poet exactly so that was the whole the the big conscious way And remember, it came down to literally two actors. It came to Rajat and another guy, and the other guy was a better actor. Like it, he was a better actor, but it was just like he, he this Rajat just felt more like Rohan. At least my impression of what I wanted uh, Rohan to be. Yeah, he has a wonderful vulnerability where the whereas uh, the dad was like quite whatever. Quite a cliche, masculine <laughs> kind. Of. I'm not making fun. Yeah, so, I swear, I'm editing all of this out. Don't worry. No, no, no. The cliche. I, 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 the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> 
No, no, I get that cliched masculinity. So here's the the thing with the father, right? And I think, and a lot of, I, I got a lot of uh, your feedback saying, oh, you know, he's super dark. And so that scene in between, right? When he tells, uh, when he tells Rowan that uh, I came to your school and you weren't there. Mm. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I came to your school and I saw you. You were so happy. So I went away and stuff for that. Right. And there was that, that was one scene. So again, this is like somebody saying, oh, father's too dark. So I was like, okay, let me try something to sort of see what happens if I, so I had, so I added that scene. There was a scene that eventually did take out because it felt unneeded where Ram's character, the brother that tells Rohan that, you know, your dad, uh, he struggled and, and he explains why he struggled. And, you know, like, you know, when his factory wasn't doing very well and blah, blah, blah. So it gave Rohan some sort of insight, you know, into the, into the father's life. But I just felt that really that scene wasn't needed. So it was like, okay, let me, let me try this. Let me see if I can soften this guy up. So you write three scenes and you realize that you don't need all three, but that one scene, just that one interval point scene, I think just, it just, it's not like you like him at the end of it. Right. But there's yeah. a tragedy that there's a certain tragic aura that the character sort of, in, you know, that sort of ha- has around it, which is like, it's your, of course, a victim of your own, your own yeah. follies and your own stupidity. But yes, you're also a victim of the masculinity that has created you. Yeah. Yeah. You see him until then as a perpetrator of that violence. And exactly. for that moment, you realize that he, you know, that this is where the chain of violence comes from. It's, it gives a little bit of, yeah, it's a lovely nuance. Maybe it's better that you didn't make him any more likable though. Uh, <laughs> but that's true and I think this uh, some of that came from again it's I think you know my again my, my father used to talk about my grandfather and he used to say okay he was so strict and I had to call him sir and this that the other but when I would speak to like say my grand aunt you know who would talk about her brother and you know he's like mm-hmm. and everybody from my family and I grew up in a joint family they'd be like oh your grandfather's a lovely guy and he was so much fun and you know he'd uh, he yeah. was really helpful he'd do this he'd do that and then later on I sort of discover that you guys know Chicago radio like all the yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh, so that my family used to do that so you wow. know, at one point in time, they also produced a movie called Andolan, which I was like, oh, wow. So I've actually named my company after the film. <laughs> so, and I'm discovering, like, people are calling me up and saying that, oh, you're, do you know that your grandfather was uh, the head of the Indian documentary filmmakers? So I'm like, what the hell? Where is all this information wow. coming from? Like, I had no idea. Right? So I've only heard my father's part of it. And then I hear everybody else's part of it saying what a great guy he was. And I was like, who was this guy? You know, so there's that kind mm. of enigmatic sort of like, thing that I tried to put into where you have this background and Rohan sitting at the dining table and watching like at, at Chachu's house and he's seeing everybody else outside and they're all laughing you know like the normal you know dad's meeting his friends and laughing he's like wow I didn't know this guy even had this other side so that was some of the yeah just some of the humanizing if you want to call it of, of uh, yeah. Singh. and also it's done so subtly at points you would wonder if somebody's missed it you know like but if yeah. the, fact, <laughs> the fact that we're talking about this film 10 years from when it was made means that those subtleties eventually come to light you know this mm. and just to go back to the whole thing when for a second when you said that you know bollywood or whatever it kind of forces you to make these choices to make things more obvious but this is the thing still something that fascinates you and you're still kind of unpacking it you know yeah in fact like i'm i'm very curious uh, to ask you do you feel like this particular film has been understood it's it's kind of a really simple question at one level but do you think that people your viewers or your critics have you know understood it to a to the fairest extent in terms of what you intended and like what's your favorite sort of review that someone has done on the film (laughs) (laughs) i oh wow now i don't remember the sort of reviews but it's been the film i think from from my films and, and maybe this is, this is sort of like going back to what I was saying about like your early films because you're naive you sort of like I think put more heart into your work 
than mm. than brain so i always get the most uh, emotional and sort of visceral responses to udan and lutera you know from yeah. people and i and i've heard uh, and it's the most heartening thing in the world when people come and say you know udan changed my life and i've had mm. you know three or four people come and tell me that in the most genuine way it's not like hey yeah. like, hey we're fans and we want to shake your hand <laughs> it's like in a genuine way they're like you know it did it changed my life i saw this film you know it just made me take that one extra step and i was already thinking about it but it just, it just helped me take that extra step to say no i am going to do this so i did that and i think that is always the greatest feeling in the world it's like as a filmmaker i don't think there's anything more than that if your work is going to change somebody's lives then you know it's like oh my job here is done <laughs> oh it's true it's really um, true yeah. you were talking about how there should be some secret society of udan men around them. like you know <laughs> sit down and like, it's like the opposite of a fight club like you sit down in the basement and watch it and all have a good cry and hold each other's hands and be nice to each other <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that is fight club <laughs> we should talk about udan club <laughs> it's uh, it's like no but you can, <laughs> the thing is that the, the anurag and me have this joke right where It's like who are Anurag's fans? Anurag's fans all the the gangs of Asipur do too. Oh you know, God, like all yes. the so there's that. <laughs> like who are yeah. who are my 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 fans are the geeks who sit at the back of the class. Yeah, they're the ones who are the invisible ones who will always yeah. you know It's very shyly walk t-shirt. up to you. Exactly. So like they're the ones who <laughs> will walk up to you very very quietly, very politely. <laughs> And then they'll go on to do great things later in life or not. Yes. But they'll always be nice to their families. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But listen, you know whether you intended it or not. I think you did kick start like something started with Uran in terms of it being a line of inquiry about masculinity, especially in this country, and you know what it means. So I'm just curious. You kind of like opened up something with that film. Have you ever been tempted to sort of take that further in other work? And if yes, like what are you most interested in unpacking? And if not, then why not? <laughs> We need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this is because it's just looking at the film as the film as that sort of story. I think what happens with, and I, I don't know if it's a general thing, but definitely with me, what happens is that you you tend to live the film. and because you've lived that film well definitely at least for a year and a half to two years and sometimes in the writing process you've lived it for you know uh, and in my case i think pretty much every film i've done has been a 3 to 5 year process you go you sort of like churn right you go through the emotions mm. and you've been through the entire story and you've been around the world and come back and then and then you park it aside right it's like it's you've been you've been through this journey and you've you've sort of like you know, part to decide so honestly i haven't thought i i very rarely thought about the film from the lens that, that you guys on <laughs> sorry to let you guys really? honestly <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I hope all our three listeners have just noted that. I'll put it in reverb. <laughs> But, you know, okay, so the thing is, Vikram. You know, I mean, you know, not to put the entire burden of destroying the Indian masculinity on you or anything. <laughs> I know I'm busy. But a lot of women, you know, there's this whole conversation constantly about women filmmakers and women in the industry and how they're being represented and all of that stuff. And one side of it is being able to represent men truthfully because that's very important. And I think you did it. I can't think of anyone else right now. A lot of women actually. have to do that full time you know right. they have they feel like they have to champion the like the feminism aspects so or create these inspiring female tropes and heroines or heroes or whatever it is now did you after you made lutera and udan and you know to some extent i think even babesh joshi kind of puts its finger in there and comes back out um yeah, yeah. do you sometimes feel that <laughs> you've been given the big bag 
<laughs> like your vital is the responsibility of being the thinking director do you sometimes feel that people come up to you and expect a certain amount of emotional depth from your movies well i well, did I, i think i i did it it did my first couple of films like lutera was a very difficult film for me to make um and i think this comes from the fact that you know, suddenly you know you make a film and oh my god there's all these awards and everybody's very like oh we want more of the same Yeah, and you're getting pitched that kind of stuff. So I think making that second film, but I think now it's I think you want to be able to at least me. I want to be able to just and it's taken me sometimes to realize like I want to be able to make the films that I want to see the most. And I realize that I'm actually like a little bit more of a genre filmmaker than I thought I was. So I'm tending to sort of like sort of go in that direction. Some criticism has definitely come in my direction where it's like you you know why don't you have better female characters in your film? I had this initially during Udan as well, but of course like I was like. the lack of a female character in the film and the importance of the mother in that moment is is sort of my answer to that that you know mm, absolutely that, you get that, that. it's very clear yeah yeah, yeah you get absolutely. that and then lutera of yeah. course is you know is is what it is but even in bhavesh is like you know the female character and i get it i was like okay and you know the thing is like look i can write really well rounded male character i know this you know for a fact and i've tried this where I had written this film once about you know these these six eighteen year olds who were going off on a trip and I realized that the men are all beautifully written and like but all the women are starting starting to like seem as one as just you know reflections of each other which is why it's like okay now you then you start to collaborate and you sort sort of like do that so even so in Bhavesh it was like I was aware of this while I was filming and my ads would be like sir yeah but what does this girl is not doing anything <laughs> like, <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> so I just think it's like it's what I know it's like I think and that's like I, that's actually really interesting and i'm just thinking and sort of like self analyzing myself i've grown up around women my i mean mom's been single sister um, ishika's been you know with me 30 years yeah. and stuff like that so it's not like i i don't know maybe it's just that it's just friends or just the fact that you you and or maybe it's just the peer pressure or whatever it is interesting peer pressure, pressure in what sense no peer pressure the masculine peer pressure you know have the thing is that and i think some of it comes out part of the patriarchy or part of the part of the the the, the boys club thing right or part mm-hmm. of this vicious cycle sort of like also ends up becoming you always feel you have to keep up with the boys yeah like there's always mm-hmm. that sense of contest that sort of like tends to happen it's like oh how many women have you slept with and you know yeah. uh, you, oh you should drink and what you haven't drunk and and again it's what the father says okay sex nahi kiya you know like that yeah. that yeah. that attitude is such a male thing it is such a male thing you know between friends or between elder cousins or you know between and We've also sort of like been driven. It's always like this little pressure of like, oh, you have to. In the eyes of the boys, you have to end up being one of one of them, right? Um, and you must all, you know, be equal. These uh, alpha males and you know whatever conquest. <laughs> What conquest yeah. is whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's. I think you know it's like you, I grew up with some of that, and I know lots of men sort of like tend to do. uh and and tend to sort of like grow up with with that and because i know that so well is which is why i think i tend to write more i tend to write better when it comes to men i tend to write better when it comes to men and also sort of like in certain places you know look at that i think udan had a lot of that that that, that came out uh, yeah. sort of bhavish to an extent yeah and i'd love to be able to you know sort of explore that more and i know it's there it's like it's just but again you just find that's yes that is your that's your world view and that's your politics and that's your sort of like deep well of information but all of that also needs to come out in a story right and that the story is what sort of like so Rodan became that little vessel for that for those feelings i haven't found that second vessel yet that other that second story that i want to be able to where all this kind of stuff can come out again i think i fully diverted from the question not to something else 
No, no, no it's quite interesting. interesting. Okay. In we're very really quiet because we're also thinking now. Yeah. <laughs> no, and also this is where we wanted to take this, take the conversations gently as well, because there is the thing like you know when you've you've made this movie and it is so tender and it's really, really. I know we you keep using the same word, but it's not something that you see when you go to watch a film like normally, mm-hmm. and you do you do feel a bit greedy for having that same eye. look at a female character and i totally get it as a writer you know you have your forte and you have your comfort zones and you have your like write about what you know you know but yes you are and we are all aware of the women who surround you and they are all exemplary in their own ways and they all have made names for themselves in their own ways and it's just a question i mean i it's no pressure or anything like i remember i asked you in an interview for trapped like you know would you have had a a woman who was in the in the trap in the flat and you said something quite interesting i didn't use the, sh- the the answer in the end but you said that it would have been a totally different story if it was a woman because her challenges would have been completely different and that's true uh, it's better to know actually <laughs> that you know you'd rather not go there until you're fully prepared to develop that character but do you think that men in the film industry today i know they have pressures and this boys club thing is another it's a terrible thing like you can see the peer pressure the negative peer pressure it's always like one decent guy getting egged on or two decent guys getting egged on it's like mm. a locker room talk but in this film industry do you think that the movies that are being made are really honest about these men their place in the world uh, is the truth coming out and why do you think it's not happening if it's not happening no it's not coming out men are very protective of their tribe yeah. i mean we are look we are this, there's a tendency this is the human race is very tribal right and on top of that men tend to be in that because it's that kind of patriarchy and the, the defending the tribe is something that is 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 a very very male thing you'll never find filmmakers anywhere i'm saying it's not india specific also but anywhere in the world is a tendency for men to not look at men in a negative light there is that and that's uh, you know you should should do more you you find many many more female filmmakers looking at not only men but also women in a, in a very neutral and yeah and a very critical and a very neutral yeah. light there's no you know it's not, it's not yeah. like you're trying to protect them and sort of like have that hero worship mm. i think there is a tendency for men to hero worship men for sure mm. that is there and that should change i think we should but again it's that fear of i mean especially in india it's that whole fear of like okay what is the audience and especially in the movie world now maybe with streaming things are changing because your formats are changing you don't have to make a two and a half hour movie with five songs you don't have to make that one size fits all movie anymore right you can make a whole bunch of other stuff and you can make a whole bunch of other things but again those stories start to become starts to become limited in a sense um, yeah. how broad can you go or how many times can you tell something or a variant of the same kind of i mean um, i think i think one of the most extraordinary things i found about uran is that the characters the men are vulnerable and soft and tender as denisia says uh, <laughs> but they're not they are not weak and uh, yeah. they are stronger yeah. for their vulnerabilities and for me really it is there is heroism in it you know as right, much right. as there is in any typical you know mainstream hindi film so it's not devoid of heroism and um, no one takes a victim position in that film you know right. uh, yeah 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 so I I think there's so many untold stories that that men can uh, tell about themselves and their truth I mean have a critical lens on the toxicity and all that but there's there's many 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 different kinds of stories so I really do hope that people will uh, look at themselves more critically because like what a country to live in we have like so many complicated notions <laughs> around what it what it means to be a man Yeah yeah it's, absolutely no, no I, 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 I,
like boys chicks love that like the poet and all like hello no time off like yeah you write a poem i'll bake a cake we'll do that whole thing man like the whole thing. <laughs> get me in the kitchen write me a poem no but i'm serious you know i think we i think we need to like loosen up and i think that even amongst the bro clubs if they kind of chill out with each other who knows there's so much scope and like some of those genres if they you know i'm sure there are young filmmakers sitting in audiences across in pre covid times looking at these films and thinking man where are the movies that i want to make they're just nowhere maybe that should happen now the thing is you know vikram like this movie has really stayed with us okay yeah. i mean we've, i've watched it a couple of times and it's really something and i'm curious about what happens to those characters 20 years later you know all of us have had problems with our parents with our situation and stuff and then you get older you get wiser you kind of make peace with the problematic aspects you know like you said you find out other aspects of your parents lives that you did not see before and two questions if you were making udan today do you think it would be any different and if you made udan part 2 like what happens to rajat's character have you ever thought about it what happens when he hits the city and he's got this little boy with him and all do you ever think about those things no no i do i have so yeah so first question first i think i would have made this film the same way today okay. with the same thing because i think it, it's it one of the lessons that i sort of like learned is that you know and, and especially with with udan is like you've written a script and if it's working and it's generally working just leave it alone don't try and over mess with it because i did that once i did a draft which you know just there's certain things that you just want to just leave by themselves and i think i i've said this to a lot of filmmakers where it's just like oh you write a script and throw it away and then you're going to have a cupboard full of scripts one day right because you can only mm-hmm. you can only learn by writing a hell of a lot and you can write a hell of a lot by just sitting down and just keep writing you know story after story and and thing after and you know so you'll have a cupboard full of scripts only some of them are going to call out to you it's going to be a love yeah. relationship this relationship of love that you have with that material uran was one of yeah. those you know even if i hadn't made it back then ask me today if you want to make that film i said yes i would have jumped and said yes i want to make that movie right yeah. um and you want to make it that and some so yeah so yes short answer yes i would have made the same film today um i have i have thought about those characters i mean even while i was making the film i was thinking about you know what what those yeah. characters would do once they left the city like the the hope is the fact that they were okay but there's always the fear of the fact that what if arjun turned out to be a total dick when he grew up what, what if rohan doesn't make it what if he realizes <laughs> yeah. that that was just all that he had you know in his like his poetic arsenal was just what he had back then what if there's no growth there are all these kind of questions and i think do you think anything anyone goes for therapy <laughs> <laughs> I think Rowan definitely goes with it. I have, yeah, you know, right. I have, and I have, I have thought about like the idea of a sequel of what would happen, you know, what would happen later. <laughs> it's funny, you know, it's like because when I was making this film, and I was like, what, thirty-two, right? And it's my first film, and you're you're making this rebellious film about this guy who's going to leave this town, and again, very Springsteen type. Thoughts are happening, and in, in you, it's funny when you go to Jamshedpur and you meet. the guys who were from Jamshedpur so whether it's Imtiaz or whether it's any of these people who've left the town and who come over here right a lot of lot yeah. of kids i met mm. who have left Jamshedpur and come out because they're like look if you want to stay back in Jamshedpur all you can either do is you either have to work and steal you know in your family business or whatever it is or you can't if you want to do anything as other than the other than the business of the town you have to leave yeah. and then those guys leave and that's it's it's an exodus that happens of if you're the slightly artistic type just get out of the damn town 
right? Yeah. And then the guys who stay back are the people who are then working. And then, and I met guys in Jamshedpur who were the people who didn't leave, the ones who stayed back. And you got this sense of, oh my God, like this guy could have been somebody else. And he was super bright and he used to read a lot and listen to a lot of music. But now he works at his dad's factory and he's got that, mm-hmm. he's got that empty look in his eyes. And it's almost that, oh shit, you understand what it means for these people in this, you know, it's, again, yeah. it's that very sort of like poetic kind of thing. But oddly enough, when I was there shooting this film and, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at him and saying, this is not a bad town to live in because you've got, you've got these like golf clubs and these lovely bungalows and it's really quiet and it's so organized. And I'm like, oh my God, you're getting old already. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting gentrified. Uh, <laughs> there was a part of, there was that little bit of that emotion. Okay, if the, if the story had to be told beyond this, what would that story be? Would Rohan come back? So one of the alternate endings for the film, you know, which again, you go through this journey when you're, when you're making the film and you suddenly wake up and, uh, you know, directors will tell you this. It's like, you know, they, they suddenly at one point in time and they're making this so, that material is so consumed them that anything that's different from the script that moment sounds very exciting. Okay. They're like, oh, we could do this because you know exactly it's such, you know, like the script is predictable. But your idea now is unpredictable. <laughs> so I had this idea halfway through where I was like, okay, what if, you know, in the end, Rohan doesn't take Arjun away? What if, like, Arjun actually goes to boarding school? The last scene is, you know, Rohan and the father right. jogging again. But now, of course, there's, there's, it's not a contest anymore. It's just, it's peaceful. Okay. And I had this, this look where everybody's looking back at me saying, literally, like, if you do that, we're going to quit this film. And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> just having a chat running to Sapko in Junction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but somewhere that emotion of father and son being at peace mm. is sort of like somewhere stayed with me. So if I had to, you know, and, and that's kind of like driving. I haven't got the story as yet. I mean, partly because I just haven't got down to actually properly doing any proper writing on it. But that is the that's the sort of like driving force of like, okay, how would you how do you get there? How do you get father and son at peace after what's happened? Yeah, that would be um, a really amazing. Absolutely, you know, I would watch the boys. It's like, also, it's closure, right? I mean, yeah, so many men have closure. complicated relationships with. We talk about mother-daughter relationships all the time, but father and son relationships can be really fraught because it comes with this inability to show if affection to each other, to want to touch each other. Far more impediments to that. It would be quite cool. And you're the man to do it, man. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of heroism and speaking of you know the subtle kind of feeling that you get from the movie okay there's a super the superman toy yeah. is, is the film right and, and superman comes with a lot of myth and in mm. fact like that umberto eco he wrote this uh, piece called the myth of superman and it was his, his analysis that the superman is he's omnipotent you know in every physical mental technological capacity he works at this cosmic scale right so you know that kalel he could take over the world if he wanted but right. actually if you look at it from a very philosophical point of view what he does is he's just exploring the idea of what is good. So, you know, yeah. his activities are at the, at the community level. And somebody said that in Superman, we have the perfect example of civic consciousness that is split apart from political consciousness. Okay, so he's perfect in the way he interacts one on one with people. But at a larger scale, we're not seeing we're not seeing him channel his energy into changing the whole world. And in some ways, I think, I don't know, I don't know whether you meant to do it, but there is this thing about using Superman as a kind of a metaphor over here, because this boy, he has the potential to be, he, it's almost super heroic what is being asked of him, mm-hmm. you know, what is being asked of him emotionally and intellectually and everything. And there's that feeling that he's going to fail. It's not like Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man is really popular now because somebody said like he's a teenager with adult problems. He's off always struggling he can't even like whatever. <laughs> there's something very tra- there's a tragedy to superman yeah 
stories is this something that you did or it was just a toy and you know am i reading too much into it <laughs> 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 no but i like i like i like the way i like the way you're thinking <laughs> Yeah. I'm look I I'm a huge I I'm, I'm a massive Superman fan right and Superman's always been on, on a pure geek level he's always like he's the boring superhero he's not the you know mm. because he's too righteous and you know he's exactly what you're saying there's a civic sense that he's actually so like god he's not political though of course the way Frank Miller did it in um uh, the Dark Knight returns is actually quite interesting if you haven't read it about how Superman becomes a sort of toy for the uh, for Ronald Reagan he he becomes a red white and blue dude and you know star Mr Stars and Stripes while while Batman becomes the guy who's fighting it's actually okay. quite cool <laughs> no but Superman again it's it's a, because he's because under whatever circumstances superman will always do the right thing right that's what mm-hmm. that's what you you've, you've right. always seen and you've always read is that that he will and that's part what what makes him boring but also part what makes him tragic as well right. is that he is going to be that guy who will always do the right thing and that was pretty conscious decision to make that again to make that toy symbolic to so while in the beginning is just a little bit of like a tug of war is the fact that you know it hates mine hates yours hates mine yeah, you know right. that kind of stuff but in the end it's almost there is a sort of symbolism of like the toy is going from one to the other so it's almost you're you're handing over the baton yeah. of responsibility in a certain sort of way so that was there but also at what drones wearing in the last scene of the film right. is actually red white and blue right um, right which is a pretty conscious decision to sort of see <laughs> like i'm so like clever about these things is red white and blue and that jacket he's wearing as a hoodie and when he runs that hoodie almost becomes like a bit of a cape right? exactly like a flutter it's, yeah. it's my favorite scene that running bit where his father <laughs> also i think i saw a poster where you know he's in the air and there's like i think somebody recently made a poster so it is it has touched other people as well it's definitely the tragedy of the superman yeah yeah 100% i as, i think superman is the most complicated it's the most complex even though it seems the most simplistic there's that tragedy is so complex and there is a there's a comic called superman for all seasons which i mm-hmm. you guys must read it's really beautiful I will I'll keep talking about Superman. <laughs> okay, all the nerds in the back are clapping. Uh one nerd out of 3. <laughs> I mean not to put too much pressure on you Vikram, you know, honestly, really like you you give us some hope, you know. <laughs> no pressure really. Um <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast we really want to bring some of these conversations out and you know i would love to see movies like udan being made simple not the same obviously like this is a diff- this separate kind of heroism right the tragic heroism of the indian man can we yeah. fight it do you think <laughs> i mean it sounds oh like a jokey God, question that's a loaded statement it sounds like a jokey question but you know in my heart i want to find that you know i really do I just think it'll solve a lot of problems. Yeah, I think I know I would love to see it. It's just it's such a you're right, it's such a it, it's a <laughs> it's, it's it's quite a big ask. I, I think like like films give a lot of men who don't have those permissions in regular life when they watch a film like everyone i know who has seen odan all the guys i know it was just like i don't think they could articulate what they felt to me because i'm not a guy and i don't have that shared experience but it touched them so deeply and i don't i think your film gave them certain kinds of permissions to feel that they don't ordinarily get in life not even you know when they talk to a woman or someone close to them in their lives that mm. was incredibly incredibly powerful and I don't know I I just keep hoping that it's not that men have to make films with women in them or understand exactly. the, the women's inner world to make great films I think men just make real and true films about how they view the world and and that in itself is great No I agree I I totally agree with you I mean I I'd, I'd love to be able to see more more getting made but it's just that how do you how do you I mean I think 
like the way I think like the way I was at least doing it back then and whether it's you know conscious or subconscious is the fact that you're you're taking a lot of that emotion and you're hiding it in a story that speaks at a you know at a surface level but again it's just like and knowing already knowing the journey that I had to go through making it you know it's not easy to make movies like that you know right Uh, and the best thing to do is to bring it into. You need to bring that kind of stuff into the pop culture. You need to be able to have it. And you know, how do you start to tell those kind of stories within the larger framework of of what a Zoya does, for example, her films. Whether it's talking about you know a family dynamic and and all that kind of stuff, but she's also telling it in a in a sort of like if you look at uh, Gully Boy, she's talking mm. about a whole bunch of stuff, but she's brought into a very very pop culture form. Right. So you need to be able to sort of take those stories and tell them in that pop culture format. You need to be able to have that. I think that's the only way to do it. Um, right. Like, least for here i think it's very difficult and again knowing the way cinema is right now i think you know the the i think the saddest thing and again everything changes every two years but i think the saddest thing right now is that literally for the cinema the indie film is dead in a certain sort of way i think the yeah. films that we did and it's, it breaks my heart because you know 10 years ago you were so hopeful because you could make movies like lsd and nodan and masan and you know all the kind of stuff and i think <laughs> today i don't know if you can anymore i don't know if you can make it and take it to the screens where you believe you can still you may not but where at least you can believe you can actually sort of like maybe make a profit out of it part of it is streaming of course but part of it is also just the way we've managed our you know theatrical exhibition and stuff has been quite a disaster where there's literally no breathing room for anybody and then nobody gets a chance to leave, even st- how do you have word of mouth work if you're going to pull a film off in 2 weeks you know? yeah that's true so how does how are the indies going to survive even if your biggest movies are going to get off in 4 weeks because there's some other movie coming we just ha- don't have right. the screens so and again so that's why films that need patience and they need love and they need time and they need that kind of word of mouth would have would have must have been built up over many years yeah, yeah. It, which would have been impossible in, in today's day and age the article where the film would have come and been taken off in 2 weeks even in 2010 the film ran for 8 weeks which is a huge deal <laughs> like wow. that would never have happened today you'd have to then take these stories into a much larger pop culture space and make them a popular actor i think that's all of us it's our responsibility now oh sounds so tiring yeah <laughs> it is i don't want to do it <laughs> Listen, thanks so much and you know, we really appreciate you taking this time out. We know that you've got a whole bunch of stuff coming your way, so good luck with all of that. And we're really looking forward to all your movies, especially Udan 2. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> yeah, and you know, keep fighting the good fight, Vikramaditya Motwani. You've got some like team behind you. We can be your heavies if you want. Um, yeah, more power yeah. to you. So thanks for being awesome. on, really. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Okay that was amazing how we went all like Roger Ebert on this thing superman <laughs> symbolism bro clubs the motherfucking patriarchy <laughs> i mean uh the honesty of it all that was such an interesting experience for me and i really wish that we would push our culture makers especially in mainstream popular culture to show us you know these fascinating aspects of their work instead of us asking the same old questions or not even questioning the lens from which we view culture i don't know i mean like the generosity of vikramaditya in this interview was really mind blowing and i think it just made for a richer experience overall no Yes, he was very generous and we are very very grateful that he came on and if this chat left you feeling optimistic you have exactly 2 weeks to enjoy the feeling guys because <laughs> our next episode 
features a woman filmmaker and we're talking to her about the very male dominated pop culture industry is taking too long to evolve and even though more women stories are coming out with authenticity the criticism culture has no idea how to critique it they have no clue mm. and so we're going to work it because we have decided to get the good guys in on this team and all the bitches the men's and the women's will have to assemble what what <laughs> Should we say bye? If you put a gun to my head, I will say bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thursday Bitches is a fortnightly podcast presented and produced by Junisia Alves and Purnima Rao. Podcasting advice and support from the good people of Audiomatic. All views expressed are personal. Very personal.